0: Everyone agrees, bacon makes everything better, even marketing. This is The Bacon Podcast, where you'll learn to cure your marketing make your business I can't believe I said that. Internet marketing, online marketing, social media tips and techniques. Now, to help you bring more bacon home, the master of marketing sizzle, Brian Basilico. This is The Bacon Podcast. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps, I'm excited. I've got a great guest today. His name is Garrett Moon. He's the CEO and co-founder of a company called CoSchedule, which is an online tool that helps you to set up a marketing calendar and also post all your social media and monitor it. And we'll dig into that a little bit. But Garrett, man, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh man, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to get to know you and I usually like to let my people get to know you a little bit better. So how did you go from being somebody who was a pooper scooper at parades to dropping (laughs) crap all over the internet?
1: You know, I think I like to think that we've left left the crap part of everything, uh, you know, back to my childhood when I was 10 or 11 uh, Mm -hmm. doing that job in the parade. But uh, yeah, boy, that's a lot of span of time to cover.
0: How detailed do you want me to go? Just real lightly, just run over really quick and then you kind of jump into how you started co schedule. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I've always, always, you know, growing up and stuff, not really in the parade pooper scooper days, but I uh, was always interested in branding, was interested in marketing, was interested in, you know, just communicating uh, a message to people. So I went to school for graphic design uh, and ran my own uh, graphic design and web marketing agency uh, with my current co-founder here at Schedule. and, you know, Long story short is we were doing marketing for ourselves. We were doing marketing for our clients, and uh, we started just to see some of the complexities that come in the marketer's day-to-day workflow when you're jumping between different tools, different you know scheduling applications, uh, different social media tools. You know, kind of trying to hit all of the channels for your to create your marketing mix. And uh, there's just a lot of frustrations, a lot of tabs in the browser, a lot of copy-pasting that goes on. Um, and we just started to see the, the the problems in that day-to-day workflow for ourselves and for our clients and uh, started to get really interested in building a, a software solution to do that. So um, did a few iterations of that, um, you know, of different pieces of software that had, you know, some to moderate success, but uh, ultimately came to CoSchedule, which is a editorial calendar or started really just as an editorial calendar to manage blog and social media content, but now has really grown to become a full marketing management platform. So we have customers using CoSchedule for uh, planning their, the marketing strategy for their entire uh, you know internal or agency uh, marketing team uh, where they're looking at you know, all different types of content from you know blog and social, uh, all the way to email to you know long running multifaceted campaigns, event planning, uh, you know your newsletters, your webinars, you know uh, books you, you name it. Uh, it's kind of one place to manage everything that your marketing team is working on.
0: Very cool, and I have to mention that one of my all-time favorite tools on the internet is the Code Schedule Headline Analyzer. Man, it's like playing a video game with headlines. I love it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and uh, yeah, that's one of those kind of fun projects where those that that just kind of came from our philosophy. We've always had the philosophy, of, you know, we we try lots of different things in marketing. We test what works, and uh, we just we put it on our blog and we share that you know that information with our audience uh, since the very beginning. We started doing that actually before we even had a, a product to offer. And um, the Headline Analyzer is one of those things where it's kind of like, you kind of look at the, the database one day, and you say, boy, we got have more than a million headlines in here with uh, social share data right next to it. And so we just started crunching the numbers and just out of our own curiosity, trying to figure out what made the best headlines. Um, our, our marketing team started to implement and use some of the things that we were figuring out. And we said, we got to scale this, we're software guys and let's write an algorithm. Um, And that's where the headline analyzer came from. We just, we kind of solved the problem for ourselves and used the data that we had and thought uh, the the world could uh, benefit from this. And it's been a really fun tool to see people tweet and share and and try it out. Um, Try to game it sometimes uh, as well, which is always entertaining.
0: Yeah, I love it. I use it all. I used it today. As a matter of fact, I did another podcast and uh, used it and checked it out. Man, it's like I got to get in the 70s, got to get there. It's, That's right. Yeah. It's fantastic. So let's talk a little bit about social media strategies and platforms and content and all this other stuff. One of the things I run into all the time when I'm speaking or with coaching clients and things like that is what tool do you use to, you know, set up and schedule all your media? And I never really found anything that kind of matched my expectations, primarily because mm-hmm. it was so cold and it was hard to use. And, you know, it, it, it just lacked the personality and the ability to kind of track what was happening. And, and everybody knows them. Um, but you guys kind of take a different angle at it. You kind of combine a whole bunch of stuff. So give us kind of a broad brush overview of what CoSchedule does.
1: Yeah, you know, I think, you know, one of the things I think about is co-schedule, you know, we we kind of say like it's mission control for your marketing team or it's one calendar to rule them all. And one of the things that makes scheduling feel cold or, or kind of hard is um, just visibility, it's just visibility on what social media is doing in association with the rest of your marketing. And I think that's kind of the big the biggest thing is social media tools tend to be just that, like they're social media tools. And so crossing outside of social media uh, tends to be very difficult. They're very single function. And what happens is just by nature becomes very disconnected. And that happens just from a publishing standpoint, right? Like you're publishing blog content over here and social content on this other tool. And those are by nature disconnected, which introduces copy pasting and introduces a bunch of manual steps that you're gonna have to take in order to connect those two. Um, but the other one is just, it, it reduces that visibility. So it, it hurts you from a strict strategic and, um, Uh, planning point of view. So what we really start with is the calendar, the schedule as the home base. Like that's, that's a number one, right? Uh, For a social media tool, social media is a number one and that's fine, uh, but it doesn't necessarily help you with the rest of the marketing mix. And more and more, uh, I know in one of your previous episodes, you were actually just talking about uh, social media ROI and some of those types of things. And it's like, okay, well, and I think your your take on that was good, but like, but my point there is social media is just one piece of your marketing, right? You've got to be building lists you've got to be, uh, you know, building up a content library, building up your evergreen content, like there's so many more things that are part of uh, your day to day process. And not having visibility on all of that always sort of adds that um, that complicated or cumbersome element to the social media side. So I think like number one is social media is just just recognize what it is. It's a channel. It's one piece of it. It's one part of the puzzle. uh, But it's really got to be tied in to a larger marketing picture and a larger marketing strategy.
0: Yeah, I can't agree with you more. I mean, the content side of things is so uber important. And that's where a lot of people falter is they they right. don't realize you've got to create great content. I mean, in the perfect example of this, I work with contractors, local contractors. And these guys constantly want to, you know, how do I raise my social following? How do I get better on Twitter? And I said, it's really easy. Just take before and after pictures. And, of course, they keep forgetting. <laughs> they just don't do it, <laughs> you know. Um, right. But And I agree with you, too, I think doing blogging and podcasting and creating content and creating assets I mean that's everything that I talk about but the biggest problem I think a lot of people have is how to measure we talked about it you said it a minute ago the ROI how do you measure how that's happening and and what kind of feedback is important what's the feedback loop that gets people to start to understand what's working and what's not the number one thing you
1: have to solve before you can even start answering that question is just that consistency problem. Um, And so, you know, that's where we really get into taking a look at uh, what you're doing from a marketing perspective on a global basis, right? Being able to see everything on that one calendar in that one place. Um, And we see other people solve this. I mean, you can do it manually. You can do it through spreadsheets and you can do it through, um, you know, just some simple calendar tools. But the key first is really making sure you nail that consistency. You know, if you publish two times a week, then you need to... Uh, like let's say you kind of start with that as your benchmark, you need to look at the results on what happens. If I publish two times a week, how many visitors do I get? How many new email subscribers do I get? If you're doing podcasting, how many downloads do I get? Like what are your key metrics that you need to be looking at from there? Um, and really it comes down to, okay, if I publish every two weeks, what should I expect in traffic and what should I expect for a growth rate? And you should be able to start answering those two things. Um, and then once you can kind of start seeing those two KPIs, now you can start to kind of play the lever a little bit, right, you have a baseline to work from. Okay, what happens if I add a third publish, uh, you know, uh, publish slot in the week. Or what happens if I repurpose something that I published uh, two months ago and repurpose it this week on social media or on email? Um, And you can start to kind of interject those things and see where, you know, where those changes make an impact on your bottom line. But starting with that baseline of like, you know, just that base consistency is definitely the first place to start uh, for anybody.
0: Yeah, no, totally makes sense. And... So I guess the next thing I want to talk about is you know using this tool I it, the one thing that I was impressed about is the fact that it literally does connect into all of your social media cuz that's what people are looking for. How do I find one location where I can plan out and and do this? Mm To talk about the fact that you guys, what what social media platforms are you guys plugged into? Because I've run into a handful of tools that promise stuff and you get in there and it it doesn't connect to Facebook. It'll allow you to download and import LinkedIn contacts, but it won't directly connect. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, CoSchedule, we're, we're, you
1: know, marketing partners or preferred marketing partners with all the major networks that um, you know offer programs like that, like LinkedIn and Pinterest and, um, you know, uh, partnership with a, a, you know, Twitter and Facebook, so we're, we're built into all the APIs. We do it the good, the good way, the way you're supposed to do it. Um, and you know, we also you know remove a lot of the complexity that just comes with coming you know publishing to all those networks. So we're we're handling cropping and resizing of images for each network, and so we're sending data to each network in the way they prefer to see it. Uh, we actually are one of the only tools uh, that actually provides visual previews of what your me- social messages will look like on the networks before it's actually sent. So you're actually going to be able to see like this is how that photo is going to look to to the best of our understanding in terms of how the API is going to to crop that image or to uh, handle that on the web so you know we do a lot of work directly with our APIs we um, you know we have lots of cool stuff to make sure that messages get sent on time Uh, that's kind of one of those things where a lot of scheduling tools you schedule it for 8 30 and or 8 a.m. in particular and you're one of like 5,000 customers <laughs> scheduling it for 8 a.m. So you might get to go out sometime within the, you know, within the five or six minutes of that. And that might be good enough, but for some brands, uh, it's just not. So we have systems where we make sure that if you say 8 a.m., uh, we're going to hit that within a few seconds. And uh, we don't have a lot of buffer in between those. So, you know, CoSchedule is fully integrated. Um, you know, we work with all the major networks uh, that, that are out there.
0: Awesome. All right. So I got one last question for you. And that is, let's talk about your book, which is the 10X. Um, Give me the title again because I don't have it in front
1: of me. 10x marketing formula.
0: Okay. And what is, wh- give us kind of like a broad brush overview of how you went from zero to seven, eight, nine thousand clients and 250,000 right. emails. I mean, what, what did you do? Because that's one of the things that I live by is you work with people that have done it for themselves first because they're the ones who actually know what's going on, right? So how did you do yep. it?
1: Well, yeah, so this book really tells that story of, you know, how me and my co-founder went from running a marketing agency to becoming a software company. And when that happened, uh, when we kind of started saying, "Okay, no more no more new projects uh, for, you know, in our service based company. And we actually ended up uh, having our our agency acquired uh, shortly after we launched CoSchedule. But, you know, that was a time where CoSchedule was was brand new. And it started off where every single other person that's probably listening to this has started at zero. Right. No email subscribers, no traffic uh you know no rankings in google we I mean, were brand new and right on the scene um so i talk a little bit about like the things that work for us i mean nowadays we're uh you know many hundreds of thousands of e- email subscribers um you know tens of thousands of um you know, social media followers and stuff like that. But, you know, our product has been successful as well. We're, we're nearing 10,000, uh, you know, in use calendars worldwide, hundred plus different countries. And so, you know, what is the, what are the, we really started to look at, where well, what are the things that made us successful going from zero to being able to reach those numbers? Um, and so that's really what the book, book kind of tells that story. And we talk about all the different things that worked. I talk about some of the things that did not work for us and that we ended up moving past and ended up being distractions. Um, and I think the other thing I really look at at is that I really wanted to do with this book is just I felt like content marketing itself was sort of in this place where a lot of us ran in and adopted it and started creating content and doing a lot of the activities that are associated with the modern marketing uh, stack and strategy. And just, it, we weren't always getting the results that we expected, right? There was sort of this hype that was really into content. Uh, we all we all believed it, we all jumped in and we're not always seeing the results. I talked to marketing teams, you know, content marketing world and inbound and all the different conferences. And they're always saying, seeing that where it's like, we really need to figure out how to get business business value from this content, not just actually build an audience not just actually get some traffic but how do we attach it back to the business because our, our bosses are starting to look at us and say hey you know we've been putting money in this um, you know this strategy for a while when does it pay off and so I felt like it was the right time uh, to write the book and just say like okay here's actually how we were able to turn our blog into the number one salesperson at Co-Schedule um, and actually build business value off of the content that we are creating on a day to day basis and uh, we, we tell that story and the 10x mar- marketing formula is really the blueprint that folks can use to put that into place.
0: So, Garrett, let's dig deep into strategy. And what are some of the core things that you found in your content marketing? I mean, obviously, you've got a great tool in the Headline Analyzer, which drives a lot of traffic, gets people to sign up uh, on your email list. It does a lot of things like that. But from a content strategy, what are some of the things that you see that are working better now than they did before? Well, I say
1: one thing is just really understanding the content landscape really is important. Um, I think we often think, I guess I'll say like, we often think about competition, right? Uh, in terms of our business, you, you and I were even talking about this a little bit before the podcast started, uh, just about, you know, who are co-schedule's competitors and co-schedule has competitors as a business, right? We have people in the marketplace that are vying for the same customers we are. Um, but I don't think we always think about that as content producers and as marketers, we don't necessarily think about our marketing, like the actual material that we think of as our marketing material being in competition with other marketing material. And so, um, marketing products, right? Marketing uh, tangibles are actually competing for the attention of your audience with other people who are producing similar content and similar ideas. Um, And so as content marketing has become more prevalent and where every brand is doing it, it means it's harder and harder for those types of strategies to succeed. you know, so it's uh, if, if, you know, in the beginning, just being on Facebook, uh, being one of the only brands on Facebook was a big deal, but now everyone's there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the beginning, if you're the only contractor, we were talking about that before, in your area writing blog content, you could really stand out. But now there's probably two or three of them that are already doing it. So you've got to figure out not only how to implement that, but how to differentiate what you're doing from those other folks. So uh, in the book, I uh, outlined a process that we used at Schedule that we ended up calling creating competition-free content. And it was a way to really start thinking about our content in a way that embraced the idea that it was actually in competition. Competition with other marketers or other co- other content. So everyone in our industry obviously is doing content marketing, right? It's it's a marketing tool base. They understand the value. So how does our content stand out uh, from that crowd? And that came down to things like looking at the length of the content we were writing, looking at the problems that we were we we're trying to solve for our customers and in uh, our audience members and, and what they were coming for. We saw a lot of uh, what I call. Uh, me too type of content where it's just you know list posts um you know very high level type of stuff that's maybe seven hundred to one thousand words long, so very surface level and and kind of very boilerplate feeling in a lot of ways and we thought you know well, we can really we can one up this we can create way better you know ten times better content than what a lot of our competitors are are creating you know they're they're doing stuff like um Uh, including a single stock image in their blog post, which if you read online, that's there's a lot of best practices that say, you just always include an image uh, in every piece of content. And so, so we just started seeing like what, what everyone else was doing and then how we could just completely set what we were doing apart. So like things like, Every post we write on Co Schedule for the last three or four years is 2,500 words or more. Uh, we, we put way more into that post. And it's not just filler stuff. Like, we're just putting more how to, more tips, more information, uh, more comprehensive content than anybody else is on the internet. We put more visuals, six, uh, five or six different custom made graphics and visuals and infographics into every post we create. Um, so, you know, better headlines, right? We talked about the headline analyzer. We used our headline analyzer to make sure that we got uh, a top notch headline for every piece of content. Content we write, not one, and, and we also A-B test them. So we were always making sure that, you know, what we were publishing and putting out there was 10 times better, and therefore, you know, not really uh, in fear of mixing too much with that competition that, uh, that I was talking about before. So that's kind of, that, that's one of the things we, we go through a whole process on how to help identify that competition-free content. We've talked a of it on our blog. Uh, I go even deeper in the book itself.
0: Yeah, what you're talking about, uh, and I don't know if you've read the book, The Blue Ocean Strategy or not, but you're talking, yep, to a po- you're talking to a podcaster, dude. <laughs> it's like you talk about a red yep. ocean out there. It's so hard to create great content that people want to listen to. And that's one of the reasons, one absolutely. of the things I've learned is yep. even though Best Practices says that a 45-minute podcast is best for people, people love the 10, 15-minute podcast because it fits their schedule or they can consume more of it. So yeah, it's just kind of playing right. around and seeing what's happening. So you guys Guys work with, a, you know, obviously solopreneurs all the way to enterprise size places, and the people that tend to listen to this show will be more on the lower end. It's either a solopreneur or a small business with a you know, hand cup, a, a, maybe a marketing person or something along those lines. So, mm-hmm. what kind of advice can you give them to say, you know, if, if you're going to start out somewhere? And, and, you know, from a content marketing standpoint, what's the best way for them to get started? Is it a blog? Is it articles? Is it, you know, what, what do they need to think about to kind of get their, their audience to start to pay attention? Well, they need to build the
1: audience, and I think that is that, that's really the, the frame of mind to take. Um, in, in you know, thinking about it like a snowball, you you need to start. Um, you know, I, I guess I'm from a northern climate. We're from North Dakota, so it's February. There's lots of snow on the ground, so I'm thinking snow here. Uh, but you know, you, you got to start with something, whatever you have, uh, and and make that an email list put them into MailChimp or Constant Contact or, you know, uh, whatever you like and, you know, start really thinking about how to build that list. Uh, the very first thing is really learning how to just get good at audience building. Uh, so we talk about this in the book that at different phases of the marketing process, there should be different KPIs that you're that you're uh, worried about. So for co-schedule, the very first thing we had to overcome in order to go from zero to where we are today, like we could never do that if we didn't know how to generate traffic. We just had to figure out how to get traffic to the website on a consistent basis right so that meant you know writing good content uh, getting some good headlines getting moderately making some moderately good uh, improvements to how we do seo and understanding some of the basics so that we could do it ourselves getting some of the right plugins and stuff like that um, and then publishing on social media on a very consistent regular basis and building up that content library so uh, it's just about getting traffic for us and for many people it's just going to be about the the amount of content you publish will directly impact the amount of traffic that you get. So in the beginning, I wrote, five days a week, and that's that was our benchmark. And we we always hit it, uh, we did it every single time. First thing I did in the morning was make sure that public, that post went out and write another one uh, before I'd move on to anything else. From there, you now need to move into real true audience building. So after, I don't know, three to four or five, six months where we just learned how to get traffic, the next thing we completely focused on, the only metric that mattered on a day-to-day basis at co-schedule was email subscribers, right? Like how many people are actually going into that email list that we own uh, and becoming a part of the the co-schedule, uh, co-schedule audience, and then from there, you, you know, now it, it, co-schedule has grown a lot. We have lots of email subscribers, so we end up we, we segment our list, and different portions of that list are focused on different end results. If we're just, you know, providing them with free content, or uh, maybe they've kind of uh, shown some interest in our product, and now we're we're kind of converting them into a, a marketing qualified lead, but you know, in that early stage, you've got to focus on the core. You've got to focus on being able to generate traffic and interest in what you do. And then you've got to be able to figure out how to convert them into the audience. If you're ever going to be successful, you have to do those two things. And one thing I'd say is, you know, if you're a solopreneur or something or a single marketer in a small company, uh, big teams, big companies are struggle with the exact same types of things. Uh, and in fact, they, because they're a large brand, the traffic tends to just come to them. So they sort of skip some of the lessons that they have to learn in the beginning. So uh, starting from the beginning is, is not as much of a disadvantage. It can actually be one of your your bigger advantages if you do it right.
0: Dude, that's great advice. Great, great advice. Okay, last question I've got for you is this, and this is a tough one. What is your favorite success story of one of your clients that used CoScheduler, and what did they achieve? Um, You know, I have
1: some specific numbers on this, and I never have them handy when (laughs) when I need it. But, uh, I mean, my friend's Pat Flynn. I'm sure lots of you are familiar with Pat and Smart Passive Income uh, mean you know epic uh, content producer and uh, you know smart guy shares a lot about his process um, but you know we uh, you, you know we helped him get set up with co schedule as he was really going into this expansion mode you know, he's kind of expanding behind him uh, creating all of the content himself and doing a lot of the publishing and really starting to uh, bring on a marketing team to kind of help you know organize that strategy make sure you know stuff was getting published and, and out consistently and just expanding what he can do you know one guy can only create so much um, so I know it was kind of a big pivotal shift for him in the business uh, a few years back and um, you know Coast schedule really became the tool that helped him get it done you know that the very first thing that team needs is just a single place to execute. Like if we're all going to be on the same page, we have to know what the page is, right? Like you can't you can't have that split across four or five different tools um, like you sometimes can if you're just a, a one-man band. So uh, the calendar was crucial uh, for them to be able to put everything on one calendar where they all have visibility. And uh, CoSchedule provides a ton of value with team workflows, task assignments, task management, um, reminders, making sure things get done. So it just became a really good solution for them. And I know um, for them, some of the big their big results was just that consistency that they were able to maintain it uh, very effectively and then actually increase it. And I think it was like two times more content or something uh, within the first few months that they were able to produce just because when you take a lot of the manual processes out of actually creating marketing material uh, – Good news, you know, you can actually take that time and invest it in creating more content, which actually generates more traffic, more audience members, more results for your business.
0: That's that's an awesome story right there. I mean, the fact that you work with Pat is is really really great. And uh, man, yeah, I
1: mean, his team is outstanding. He's obviously a brilliant content creator, and uh, we're thrilled to be able to just provide him the calendar to organize it on. But uh, his his results, um, you know, speak for themselves on on his own right.
0: Obviously. Well, anyways, Garrett, this has been fantastic and I really appreciate uh, you coming on and giving us some really great Sicilian hot bacon knowledge bombs. So if people wanted to try out Co-Schedule or find out about your book, what's the best way for them to do that? yeah
1: so i'd go to co uh obviously is a place to find out about co-schedule but actually if you uh do a slash and 10x book right after that so co-schedule.com slash 10x book you can download the first full chapter for free um and then we're also kind of uh sharing some pretty regular videos and stuff that i'm recording and and i think we even have a a longer sort of style class in the works uh for you know people who are interested in the book and the topic so uh book get your free chapter and actually just i think yesterday uh you can now pre-order it on amazon as well so um you can even lock down your copy if you're ready
0: cool so people wanted to get a hold of you what's the best way for them to do that
1: uh twitter is my is my home base so at garrett underscore moon would be the place to get a hold of me
0: outstanding well garrett once again man i really appreciate it thanks for bringing your time and your talents and your knowledge to the bacon podcast
1: Oh, my pleasure. It was a ton of fun. Thanks, Brian.
0: Well, that's it for today's Bacon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something today. If you did, please go to iTunes and give us a review. We appreciate all your feedback and comments. If you have any questions, go to www.baconpodcast.com forward slash questions, and we'll make sure we get those answered for you. Till next time, keep sizzling.